chapter twelve of all along the river this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. all along the river by mary elizabeth braddon chapter twelve far too far off for thought or any prayer mr colfox and allegra met again in the drawing-room of the angler's nest at a quarter to eight he was the first to arrive and isola had not yet appeared martin disney was at his post in front of the library fireplace library and drawing-room making one spacious room lighted with candles here and there and with one large shaded lamp on a table near the piano isla had been suffering from headache and had been late in dressing captain hulbert had been in the room nearly ten minutes before his hostess appeared looking pale and ill in her black lace gown and with an anxious expression in her eyes he had been introduced to allegra and was talking to her as if he had known her for years when his attention was called off by isla's appearance and his introduction to her was this martin disney's wife he thought wonderingly such a girlish fragile creature so unlike the woman he had pictured to himself strange that lostwithiel should not have told him of her delicate prettiness seeing that he was a connoisseur in beauty and hypercritical this is just the kind of beauty he would admire thought halbert something out of the common a pale spiritual beauty not dependent upon colouring or even upon regularity of feature the kind of thing one calls soul not having found a better name for it they went in to dinner presently captain halbert and isla mr colfox and allegra the table was a small oval at which five people made a snug little party there was a central mass of white chrysanthemums a cheerful glow of coloured venetian glass delicatest pink and jade green under the light of a hanging lamp john halbert looked round him with a pleased expression taking in the flowers the glass the cream-white china the lamplight everything and then the two fair young faces one pale and pensive the other aglow with the delight of life eagerly expectant of new ideas they talked of the vendetta and the places at which she had touched lately captain hulbert had spent his summer on the eastern Ligeria between genoa and civita vecchia wasn't it the wrong time of year for italy asked mr colfox no it is the season of seasons in the land of the sun if you want to enjoy a southern country go there in the summer the south is made for summer her houses are built for hot weather her streets are planned for shade her wines her food her manners and customs have all been made for summer-time not for winter if you want to know italy at her worst go there in cold weather where did you leave lord lostwithiel disney asked presently i left him nowhere he left me to rove about southern europe left me on his way to corinthia he is like the wandering jew 
he used to be mad about yachting but he got sick of the vendetta all of a sudden and handed her over to me very generous on his part but the boat is something of a white elephant for a man of my small means i wanted him to sell her wouldn't hear of it to let her not to be thought of i'll lend her to you he said and you shall keep her as long as you like sink her if you like provided you don't go down in her she is not a lucky boat have you sailed her long nearly a year and i love her as if she were bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh let us all go for a sail to-morrow mrs disney to mevagasy or thereabouts we could do a little fishing it would be capital fun what do you say miss leland i should adore it said allegra beaming at him the sea is my passion and i think it is my sister's passion too we are a kind of amphibious creatures living more on water than on land we venture as far as we dare in a row-boat but oh that is such a little way i am afraid that some day you will venture so far that you won't be able to get back again and will find yourselves drifting away to america said her brother isla answered never a word until captain hulbert addressed her pointedly for the second time will you go mrs disney may we make up the party i would rather not she answered without looking at him but why not are you such a bad sailor in spite of all miss leland says of you i am a pretty good sailor in a rowboat but not in a yacht and i hate fishing such a slow weary business i would rather not go i am so sorry but you must not be worried about it said hulbert kindly seeing the growing distress in her countenance we will not go in for fishing or excursions but you and miss leland will at least come to afternoon tea on the vendetta to afternoon tea in the harbour there used to be a comic song when i was a boy come and drink tea in the arbour you must come to the arbour with an aspirate it is not so rustic or sentimental but there will be no earwigs or creeping things to drop into your teacup mr colfox you will come won't you i shall be delighted answered the curate i have a sneaking kindness for all yachts the conversation drifted back to lostwithiel and his works and ways presently when he went home two years ago he gave me to understand he was going to settle down at the mount and spend the rest of his days in peace and respectability said captain hulbert yet very soon afterwards he and his yacht were off again like the flying dutchman and the next i heard of him was at leghorn and six months later he was coasting off algiers and the following spring he was in south america and the vendetta was laid up at marseilles where he begged me to go and look after her and take her to myself until such time as he should want her again i was with him for a few days at leghorn where he seemed ill and out of spirits i don't think you can have used him over well in this part of the world mrs disney he added half in jest 
i fancy some of you must have snubbed him severely or his tenants must have worried him by their complaints and exactions i could not get him to talk about his life at the mount he seemed to have taken a disgust for the old home you must put that down to his roving temper said disney for although i was away at the time i can answer for it there was no such thing as snubbing in the case your brother is the only peer in these parts and from the way people talk about him he might be the only peer in great britain the alpha and omega of debrett our parvenu neighbour mr crowther talked of him one night with a slavish rapture which made me sick i am a tory by association and instinct but i can't stand the vulgarian's worship of a lord isola looked at her sister-in-law and they both rose at this moment the church almost tumbling over the navy in eagerness to open the door navy winning by a neck they were not long alone in the drawing-room not more than the space of a single cigarette before the men followed then came music and a good deal of talk in the long low spacious room which looked so bright and homely by candlelight with all its tokens of domestic and intellectual life what a capital quarter-deck this is cried john halbert after pacing up and down while he listened and talked and laughed at allegra's little jokes about the narrowness of village life it is delightful to stretch one's legs in such a room as this after six months upon a yacht you will have room enough to stretch your legs at the mount said disney captain halbert had announced his intention of spending a week or two under the family roof-tree while the vendetta underwent some slight repairs and renovations room enough and to spare he said i shan't feel half so jovial walking up and down those grim old rooms as i feel here i shall fancy a ghost pacing behind me clump 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 a slow solemn footstep only the echo of my own tread perhaps but i shall never know for i shall be afraid to look round you ought not to make sport of weak people's fancies for i am sure you don't believe in ghosts said allegra leaning with one elbow on the piano turning over pieces of music absently a graceful figure in a dark green velvet gown cut just low enough to show the fine curves of a full round throat white and smooth as ivory not believing ghosts did you ever know a sailor who wasn't superstitious we are too often alone with the sea and the stars to be quite free from spectral fancies miss leland i can see in your eyes as you look at me this moment that you believe in ghosts believe and tremble tell me now candidly when do you most fear them at what hour of the day or night does the unreal seem nearest to you i don't know she faltered turning over the loose music with a faintly tremulous gesture while isla sat by the piano touching the notes dumbly now and then is it at midnight in the gloaming in the chill mysterious dawn you won't answer shall i guess if you are like me 
it is in broad daylight between two and three in the afternoon when the servants are all idling after their dinner and the house is silent you are alone in a big bright room perhaps with another room opening out of it and a door a long way off you sit writing at your table and you feel all at once that the room is haunted there must be something or some one stealing in at that remotest door you daren't look round you go to the window and look out into the garden or street for a town-house may be just as ghastly as a country one and then with a great effort you turn slowly round and face your terror in the broad garish sunlight in the business hours of the day there is nothing there of course but the feeling has not been the less vivid i know i shall be spectre haunted at the mount you must all come and scare away the shadows mr colfox are you fond of billiards i own to a liking for the game i play with mr crowther and his youngest daughter whenever i dine at glenaveril alicia is a very fine player for a girl and her father plays a good game then you will come up to the mount two or three times a week and play with me i hope there's a decent table cushions as hard as bricks i dare say but we must make the best of it and there's plenty of sound claret in the cellars to say nothing of a keg or two of shydom that i sent home from the hague mr colfox will not make much impression either on your claret or your schnapps said disney laughing he is almost as temperate as one of those terrible anchorites in the novel we were reading the other day homo sum i am glad you put in the qualifying almost said the curate for i hope to taste captain hulbert's shydom the captain expatiated upon what his three new friends and his one old friend martin disney were to do to cheer him in his solitude at the mount there is nothing of the anchorite about me he said i love society i love life and movement i love bright faces he would not leave until they had all promised to take tea on board the yacht on the following afternoon an engagement which was kept by allegra and the colonel but not by isola whose headache was worse after the little dinner party nor by the curate who had parish business to detain him on shore End of chapter twelve